0: Hello and welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast. I'm Terry, the creator and co-host of this podcast. I've lived with depression most of my life, and I know how easy it can be to feel all alone in the experience. I'm not alone, and
1: you aren't either. And I'm Dr. Anita Sands, a licensed clinical psychologist with a number of my own diagnoses, all of which bring a certain amount of anxiety and depression along with them. There is great power in shared experiences. We share our own as we engage in intimate and candid conversations with our weekly guests, exploring different perspectives on and experiences with depression. We
0: keep it real because depression is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you.
1: Hi, this is Anita Sands. While Terry and I work to secure grants, partnerships, and other funding that would allow us to return to full production, we hope that you'll enjoy this episode from our archives. Hi, Terry. Hello,
0: Anita. So this episode is being released on Valentine's Day, and you will soon
1: understand why. It's about hearts, broken and betrayed hearts, healing hearts, hidden and found hearts. Hearts spreading kindness in an often unkind world. Hearts created with the intention of reducing rising rates of suicide. Simple, small, lovingly crocheted hearts. As you hear Kathleen's story of her life and her little heart project, if you find yourself thinking, I get it as a random act of kindness or a nice thing to do for strangers, but I don't really understand how it's suicide prevention. Ask yourself, are those really separate things? Or if well-timed, seemingly simple acts of kindness and the discussions that the hearts facilitate might, in fact, make an impact beyond the little heart itself. Here now is Kathleen giving her voice to depression.
0: Unlike the majority of our guests who believe they had depression for years or decades before realizing it, Kathleen's mental health journey is different. She had never experienced depression until when nearing 50. Her family went through a traumatic event that rocked and divided it. We're choosing to leave out the details since they're personal and since it's their effects that the rest of us are most likely to relate to anyway.
2: And eventually, after a month, um, the charges were dismissed, which means in the courts, is as, it's as if it never happened, but it did happen. And it left me with depression, anxiety, complex PTSD, and suicidality. And I went into therapy right away and
0: tried some medications. For eight years, Kathleen was in depression's grips. And how do you describe that time? There was a
2: lot of... Nothing. Um, I wasn't fortunate. Like celebrity. When you hear celebrities say, "Oh, I just, you know, had this meltdown and I just checked out of life for a year," well, most human beings don't have that luxury because we have to pay our bills. You know, so I continue going to work, um, cried a million tears in the bathroom, and then you wipe your face off and go back to work, and. I do have um, FMLA, intermittent, intermittent FMLA, so I've been able to take some time. I've had that for a few years, so when I need, it, need a little time, I can take that. Um, it's still hard, though, because there's still stigma around that. and yeah, But the law's on my side there.
0: <laughs> FMLA, by the way, is the Family and Medical Leave Act, which provides certain employees up to 12 weeks of unpaid, job-protected leave per year, with their health benefits intact.
2: So it's, I mean, there were in the beginning, it was just me lying on the sofa, just crying a lot. Just hopeless, like no future. Um, I used to wear these these bracelets on my wrist um, that I don't know if you can include this in your podcast or not, but what they said to me was um, in Morse code, stop being surprised, people suck. Because people do suck in this world. And My problem was that I was continually surprised by that. Mm. And I think when you're depressed, you see more of that because that's your focus. And I'm learning now to shift, you know, just a little bit. Can you turn just a little bit away from that and towards something good?
0: In 2021, Kathleen's therapist showed her a small yarn heart from the Peyton Heart Project in Texas.
2: She didn't show it to me to say,
0: like, hey, get off your butt and do something. She was saying, just showing, because she knew I crocheted. She also likely knew the value of having a hobby that provides distraction and the protective power of believing your life has purpose when depression constantly tries to convince us it doesn't.
2: So she would give me the yarn and tell me what to do. And it was enjoyable. It's just mindful. It's just enjoyable. To do it for me and so i started thinking what would it take to do this and so we launched in april and it's just exploded
0: it is called the little heart project
2: the project is taking small um, knit or crocheted hearts and then there's a tag of encouragement attached and you just leave them wherever you go leave one if you're buying shampoo at target you just leave one there or if you're getting apples at the grocery store you just leave one there for someone to find as a random act of kindness, and. Maybe it helps them feel better in the moment. Maybe it is someone who's depressed. And on the back of the tag is all of our contact information if they would need more. And on our website, there's resources that can connect you with people to get you help if you need that.
0: And Kathleen says at first, she thought that was the value. Cute, colorful hearts with positive messages attached, left in public spaces. A way to brighten a stranger's day. But she says it's so much more than that.
2: And I think that's the power of this is the people that make the hearts are touched, the people who place the hearts are touched, and the people who find the hearts are touched. And it's those people that are making them that other people are seeing seeing them make them. And, oh, what's that? And what is that about? And then it's talking about mental health. It's talking about suicide and letting people know that that's okay to do and that we should do that.
0: It's a very gentle entry point. Yes, You know, it's literally a tiny two inch cute little crocheted heart. And and that is so much less scary than so many of the other catalysts for a conversation about suicide or mental health, you know, far away from that crisis state. Yep. And it's something tangible for people to
2: have. I've heard many people say I hung mine on the mirror in my car. I met a lady at one event and she said, I found one of your hearts several months ago and I have it in my bedroom and I read it every day, and it helps me every day. You know, I hear a few stories like that, and I know there's many, 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 many more. And that's really the point. It's about helping.
0: Absolutely. And you must have been, I assume, incredibly intentional choosing the messaging. So tell me yep. some of the messages and, and what you were thinking when you chose those verses. have yep. a nice day.
2: Right. None of them say that because that is not helpful. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I, I, was, I was very intentional. And I spent that nine months as part of the planning process collecting. And there's 144 different sayings. And they're all helpful to me. And so I want to believe they're helpful to other people too.
0: Tell me a couple of your favorites. Tell me some that you think would have I'm resonated just- with you. I got to pull them up and look at them.
2: Okay. I'm not that great at self-compassion.
0: Yeah, lots of us aren't.
2: I'm actually terrible at it. So a lot of the notes are geared toward that. Um, the first one I looked at, what would it sound like to extend compassion to yourself? So as I was choosing what would go on the tags, I'm thinking like, if someone picked this up, what would be a message they might need to hear? And mm-hmm. you know, remind them
0: that they uh, matter. To take care of themselves, too. At this point in our discussion, Kathleen's husband, Larry, who has tied the message tags on thousands of her hearts, hands her a stack of them.
2: He's got some ready to go here. Um, Let's see here. You don't have to be happy all the time. I think that's a a really big misnomer that people think others are just happy all the time because no one is. We're human beings. There's ups and there's downs. Um, A simple one that just says you are loved. Just as simple as that. Simple and profound. Um, Probably one of my favorites, okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. And that's part of not acting on your suicidal thoughts is knowing that it's okay to not be okay. As long as you know a way to get out. And believe there's an out. When you get, this is a good one too. (laughs) When you get tired, learn to rest not quit. You're stronger than you think. I picked them all, so I think they're all amazing.
0: <laughs> Kathleen is very clear on the fact she would not have been able to do the work involved with the Little Heart Project if she had not first done the slow and hard work of getting herself in a better place mentally. That included ketamine therapy.
2: You can't just walk into an office and get it. You have, so you have to have tried many medications, many years of therapists, Nothing is working, nothing's helping. And so that's where I was, treatment resistant. Like what can help? My husband and I watched every YouTube video we could. We read everything we could about it. And it's very expensive and it's not covered by insurance and we're not wealthy people. And my husband said, I think we just need to try it. We have to try something because nothing else was working and I wasn't really getting better. My therapist tells, tells me now that after the first infusion, she noticed a difference. <laughs> she noticed more flexibility in thinking is what she calls it. So that was all of September I had those. I didn't notice a difference until December when I s- found myself listening
0: to Christmas music for the first time in eight years. So Kathleen asked herself if anything else had changed, and she realized a huge difference. I'm not thinking about killing
2: myself all day long. Well, that's different. I've got this full toolbox from nine years of therapy, but for many years I just couldn't, I didn't have access to it. Hmm. And now usually I do. If I can't find the access, my therapist gently reminds me of how to get back there.
0: And what are some of the things in your toolbox?
2: Some of the things that can help me shift are music, certain types of music. It depends on what what I need. I'm I'm learning to listen to my body more. Do I need to move? Do I need to go for a walk? Do I need to organize something? Or do I need to just be still for a while and maybe watch Netflix and just let my brain do something else besides ruminate on whatever else is happening?
0: So how would you describe where you are now compared to where you were? (sighs) I'm
2: so much better now. Um, Although I still have episodes, they're much shorter in length and I come out of them more cleanly. It's not like something triggers me and I'm down for three weeks. Now something can trigger me and I can recognize, like, just, just happened yesterday. I recognized what was happening almost instantly. Like, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. I need to get up. I need to walk around. I need to go talk to someone. About anything, really. And that's very different.
0: Having hope again herself makes it possible for her to offer it to others. Her project has led to speaking engagements and other opportunities.
2: Like I could have never dreamt that I would speak to rooms full of people and share my story and talk about the project. And people, after I talk, they're wanting to share their story with me because they see me as someone safe. I had a 75-year-old woman tell me that she's hurt herself her whole life and she's never told a soul before. And that's how healing happens, is we talk about it. Because not talking about depression, not talking about suicide, just gives it power and it grows. And when we talk about it, we reduce the stigma, we we take away the shame, and that's how healing happens.
0: And that's why we're doing this episode because Kathleen's little hearts are a catalyst to huge and much-needed conversations. She shares one example.
2: One of the stories that was just shared with me, I'm going to read it if that's okay. Please. So I don't mix up the names because I changed the names in it. Okay. So this is a story about my coworker, I'll call her Samantha, and her cousin, whom I'll call Andrea. Over the past six or so months, Andrea has heard Samantha talk about mental health and suicide and how it's okay to talk about it. Andrea called Samantha last week at 1030 at night and told her that she was feeling suicidal. Samantha immediately invited Andrea over to her home and they drank coffee, played cards, and talked. Talking about suicidal thoughts takes away some of its power. All of this was made possible by Samantha placing hearts and Andrea witnessing this and knowing Samantha was a safe person to talk to. I think this is a pretty big deal, and it made me cry to hear how our little hearts facilitated this late-night
0: rescue mission. It can happen. Anything safe and positive can open a door if and when the person on the other side is in a place where they can walk through it. Kathleen, would it have helped you in it, in depression's grips, had you found one and read the message? Would you have been able to accept that
2: I know that the right answer would be yes.
0: I know. Um but we're being real here. But for me it wouldn't.
2: Happen. For me it would not have. Yeah. Yep. Because my therapist talks about how there's always been point zero one percent of hope. That's not much, right? <laughs> and it's not it wasn't enough for me to, to be able to pick up a heart and say, um, the good things in life are better with you. No. Like for me personally, it wouldn't have, but I know that it is for a lot of people.
0: So if you found one, when you were in a place where it wouldn't have resonated with you, would you have kept it and given it to mm-hmm. someone else? Would you have just left it there? What would you have done?
2: Um, I would have left it there more than likely because I was I was so sick. And honestly, I didn't go anywhere. Like I right. wasn't at Target for eight years. Right. Um, so I wasn't any place where you could have found one and that's okay too. I mean, everybody's journey is different. Everybody's path looks different. Everybody's healing looks different. And if the heart's not for you, then it's not for you. That's, mm-hmm. it's for the next person. Mm-hmm. And, and hopefully there's somebody in your life that that can help you hang on to that 0.01% even if you don't want to. There's tons of times I didn't want, like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) I couldn't even count how many times I didn't want to have hope. And because hope is disappointing, hope is hoping for something better. And there's just a lot of icky in the world. That's really where I'm at now is that I can recognize that. I can recognize all the awful things. I can't stop the war in Ukraine. I can't stop the craziness with politics. I can't stop every suicide. And so my focus now is instead of I can't, I can't, I can't, it's what can I do? Well, I can do this. I can make hearts. It feels so much better to figure out what can I do instead of I can't this and I can't this and I can't, what can you do? And everybody can do something.
1: So Terry, she just said it. We have to focus on what we can do. We have to pivot away sometimes from all of the icky, the icky stuff in the world that we can't do anything about, and move towards today, the present moment, what we actually can do. I love that she makes that statement. Um, it's a mantra that I use for myself and that I teach as well, which is, it's all going to work out. It's all going to be okay. It's all going to get done. I don't have to know how right now. I just need to do the next thing I have control over.
0: I love that expression, the next best thing. What's the next best Mm -hmm. thing for me to do? And that really helps me many times when I'm feeling stuck. And I also like the idea that that thing we can do may be for someone else. It may be for the general population in the world at large, like her hearts, but it may be for ourselves, Mm -hmm. which Feeds us so that we can do those other
1: things. Yes, I think the other important point that I take away from Kathleen's story that I I think is just wonderful is that she pointed out that until she had that ketamine treatment, you know, she had treatment resistant depression. She was in therapy for nine years, which was just keeping her alive. You know, with that point zero one percent, you know, little bit of hope. Um, But until she had the breakthrough, the thing that actually kind of began to lift her depression, um, she had nine years of information and tools that she had in her toolkit, but she couldn't use them until then. But once something changed, it, it became accessible to her. And I think this is really important not to diminish the fact that someone is in therapy and they're trying meds and they're trying treatments and nothing seems to be working waiting with that little bit of hope is important. It's not just surviving. You've got to survive first before you can thrive. And we don't know what the thing sometimes is going to be, which medication, which treatment, or or something else happening in somebody's life that's going to be the thing that finally makes that toolkit accessible. So you're you are learning and hearing and gathering these tools the whole time. You may not be able to use them yet, but you've got your toolkit And then once something finally does kind of like break that spell and you can kind of begin to come out of that depression, here are all these tools and you can finally use them. Hmm.
0: I like hearing that because I never think we're peddling false hope. But there are times that I hear the episode through the ears Mm -hmm. of someone with treatment resistant depression and think that it must be a little frustrating Mm -hmm. to hear how well other people are doing. And so whenever there's a story and someone shares a story mm-hmm. of having really not been able to get out of it, and then, as you say, something. You know, we're, we're always saying something might change, and I don't know what those mm-hmm. some things are. I'm not an yeah. expert on that. I just know how many people have said something yeah. changed when they truly believed nothing would. Mm-hmm. And so if we could just, oh, you know, all the mm-hmm. people, if you're listening and think nothing will ever change because nothing has yet, listen to Kathleen and, Write me and I'll give you a 20, 50 other episodes where a guest made that same point.
1: So the important thing is, it might be awful right now. Please stay. We're going to try to get it where it's not so awful. And there is hope that, again, that something is going to happen. Something will become effective. Something will come along that is effective. Something just will shift. And you want to stay. You want to be around for that to happen. And, and then be able to thrive, not just not just to survive. Mm, nice.
0: If you're interested in the Little Heart Project, the website is littleheartproject.org, and there are patterns there if you want to make these little hearts yourselves and distribute them and do your part in spreading kindness in a, mm-hmm. as we said, often unkind world. Mm. So thank you, Kathleen. Thank you, Anita. I love it. And I look forward to
1: being back next week. Thanks, Terry. truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate and reflect on your own experience with depression, or better understand how to support someone else who is struggling. If this episode has been of comfort or value to you, know that there are
0: hundreds of others like it in our archive, which you can easily find at our website, givingvoicetodepression.com. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up, even if it's hard. If someone else is struggling, Take the time to listen.